Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. Hey, Career Crash listeners. We wanted to take a second before the episode to let you know that we have a brand new pocketbook out called Crash Your Career. You can pick it up on Amazon or at crash.co slash crash your career. You'll learn how to launch your career without waiting on gatekeepers and standing in line, applying many of the lessons you've heard from guests on this show. Go to Amazon or crash.co slash crash your career. Now on to the episode. All right. On this episode of Career Crashers, I'm joined by Jason Rink. Jason, what what would you, I mean, what's, what's your title? How should I introduce you? You own a, a movie production company. Is that correct? Is that yeah. a, how you talk about your current role? Yeah, that's, that's uh, what I am. I'm a, I'm a uh, commercial film producer for primarily business to business type video content online. Everything from, you know, feature length documentary style stories to, short brand documentaries to explainer videos and book trailers to, you know, online content for every part of a business's uh, sales funnel. So lots of different types of content that I've done over the last several years. And I have a, a company right now called Simplifilm um, that I've got four employees of. I have another production company called Dig Deep Films that we just launched, which is uh, kind of an original content play. So a lot going on, but yes, I'm in Austin, Texas in the video production world. So, uh, my guess is you studied real hard, went to film school, got a film degree, put it on your resume. Somebody hired you, right? I'm sure that's your path. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older than maybe the people that are, are going through the, uh, that you're talking to about entering their career journey. You know, I, I w- went to college my first year in 1992 and I did go to film school for a year, but you know, that was actually back in the day when one day a guy brought in two big suitcases with a computer in it and was like, here's how you do computer editing. And it was like, you know, a hundred thousand plus dollars for this, you know, nonlinear editing thing. And I remember thinking, Man, real films are shot on 16 millimeter with cameras. <laughs> so, you know, it was before that whole revolution, but I did spend a year in film school, couldn't afford it, you know, dropped out uh, and ended up sort of just meandering down a career path um, of, you know, I went back to college another time, dropped out again. I've dropped out of multiple institutions of higher learning <laughs> and, um, you know, to my parents' dismay. And what ended up happening is I, I wandered into the financial services industry and I ended up spending about 10 years there. So I, I had this dream to be in the creative field and in, in, in making films. And I just, college wasn't working for me. Uh, especially in the the world. I just wanted to make movies. And when I dropped out, I found that I didn't have a whole lot of other opportunities to get into the industry. And, you know, I ended up getting married, had a family early. And the next thing I know, I spent 10 years in commercial banking. And I, I turned 35 years old. And I looked up from my cubicle. I had a nine-year-old son. I'd been married for almost 10 years. And I said, hmm, 
10 years is probably going to pass. And if it does, I'm going to still be sitting in this cubicle, you know, making good money, by the way, have, having tons of vacation time and totally unfulfilled. And so I had this sort of career crisis at 35 and I, I was like, I got to make a change. Hmm. So let's back up. Let's back way up. When you were like a kid, what, what was it that made you think, when did you start to think that you would like your career to be something in the arts or in a creative sphere? Yeah, you know, um, I remember shooting videos with my a couple of friends of mine in high school, you know, probably when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, you know, and again, this is in the 80s, right? So video cameras being accessible, like was just sort of happening. And, uh, but what I remember happening is we would shoot these little videos and skits and we would be like doing funny stuff and we were entertaining ourselves and we'd show them to people. And I remember thinking how easy it was to just make a film. I was like, oh, this is fun and easy, effortless. And people would, would say to us like, wow, that's really cool. I don't know how you did that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just like, you just do it. And I, I had this realization that not everybody wanted to make movies. Like I thought that when I was in high school, I'm like, of course everybody would want to make movies. Who wouldn't want to do that? And I started to realize, no, that's not what everybody wants to do. And so, you know, I did have the freedom to just sort of choose my path in that my parents wanted me to go to college. But when I said, look, I want to go to film school, they were like, okay, well that's college. And they knew I had a passion for it. So in that way, I was definitely supported in it. Uh, but I don't know. It just was like sort of the next logical step. I was making movies with my buddies in high school and I'm like, well, I'm supposed to, I'm graduating. So what am I going to do? Well, I guess I'm going to go to film school. And so that's what I did. But I did, I did have that desire for a number of years before I made that choice. I, I love that realization that, oh, not everybody wants to do this. It's interesting. The things, often the things that we think everybody is good at turns out most people stink at them and are scared of them and like it comes easy to you, but it doesn't to them. Things that you think everybody would think are fun, a lot of people hate and are terrified of. And when you have that realization, that's usually a good indication that there's money to be made there because you, something that comes easy to you and that's exciting to you, you've usually got an advantage in. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that insight really served me when I came back around when I was 35 years old, figuring out like, wait, I don't want to do banking for the rest of my life. I don't even know how I got here, by the way. What do I want to do? And I went back to those clues in my history. Like, I was like, man, this desire's never gone away. I even like did a few film competitions, like just kind of on the side while I was still, you know, in commercial banking. And I was like, you know, there's really some like, there's piles of stones along the way that indicate maybe I should go down this pathway. And so... When I decided to make that leap, I did a big, I did an inventory of like my career capital at the time. And I was like, how can I make a shift into doing what I want to do? And what I ended up doing was I had an opportunity to just sort of get involved in a nonprofit. So I, I pivoted to an executive director position of a new nonprofit, but that was actually kind of a, a secret way for me to make my movie. Because what I ended up doing was I started, a, it was a political libertarian education nonprofit. And I just decided, you know what, I think I sh we should make some video. So I just started making videos because I had a budget and I, we could tell some stories. It was part of the mission of what we were up to. And I ended up just 
going down that path kind of accidentally made my first documentary. In fact, uh, you know, I didn't have a ton of money, so I actually used Costco's generous uh, return policy to fund my camera for the uh, for the video. Like they have a ninety day return policy, so I got like a a Nikon kit off of uh, Costco and used it for 88 days, returned it, got, got a Canon, you know, used it for another 88 days. And, you know, at the, I finally kept the last one. I did that three times over a year. And I was like, so I, any means necessary to get me to get this film made. And again, that was another indicator. It's like, what, when would I, what else would I have done this with? I would never have done this in banking to like get the job done, you know, but here I am being totally resourceful, trying to figure out, didn't know what I was doing, totally clueless. I look back on that first film and I, and I cringe. And yet like it was my calling card that l opened doors up for me because I, I also realized something was that by creating and finishing a film, I had joined a club that's called launching, <laughs> making something and putting it out in the world. And that is like an elite club in many ways compared to the, the people who actually think about doing it or want to do it or talk about it. Um, and one of the things that came from that process was me turning into a creator who honors other creators. And it's made me way less of a critic because I'm like, man, there's so few people out there actually creating stuff that it's just an honorable thing when somebody actually launches something. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, man, that experience was really transformative for me. That's really powerful words. Like, give me somebody who's made a crappy movie over somebody who's talked about making a brilliant movie any day, <laughs> you know, and that's hard for creative types, especially because you, you tend to be, you have a vision of what you want to be able to do and you kind of are perfectionistic about it. And like, you don't want to put something out into the world that you're embarrassed of, but at some point you got to just you know, click publish or whatever, whatever the right uh, terminology is. Yeah. And, and all on that note, like at this point I've, you know, me and the, my team, we've produced, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos conducted o over a hundred interviews, you know, it was like hundreds of animated videos, all sorts of stuff. And I can't think of a time where what we launched didn't in some way fall short of what the perfect version was in my mind. And the more I talk to people who are creative, especially like that just is always the case. I mean, it's never done. You yeah. can tweak these things forever. You get diminishing returns. So you've got to launch it. And the thing is, is you get improvement every time you start to discover your voice and, yeah. and it really is incredible. Well, the, the money that Costco uh, did not get from those videos, maybe it'll be made up for by this plug for Costco in, yeah. the, in the episodes, free advertising. My wife and I used to go on dates at Sam's Club for the free samples, and we were real poor when we first got married. So that's yeah, <laughs> terrific. It's always a way. Um, I, I want to come back in a minute to the, the whole sort of parlaying the nonprofit thing into a, a film thing, which I think is interesting. But first, let's, I want to go back b before that. Was the was the quitting film school and or the going into banking, was that, was that selling out? Were you giving up on something and you should have done something else? How do you look back at that time? Do you say, man, I really sold out and just went into banking and got a quick job? Or what do you, what do you look at those years as, you know? Well, I, frankly, I think there's a lot of m mindset work that I had to do over that time 
because I just didn't even see that it was possible. Like it's only in retrospect now that I recognize how strong the entrepreneurial drive is in me. Now that I've been in business for myself for a number of years, like I recognize I can't do anything else. Like that is just how I'm designed. It kind of ruins you as an employee, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And I want to say, I don't think that everybody's supposed to be an entrepreneur. Like, I don't know what it is. All I can speak to is like, this has been with me my whole life. It wasn't until I exercised it. I actually started my first business when I was in high school. I had a band and I opened up a business banking account like at 14. So it's kind of always been a part of my story, but it always seemed like it was super far away, like, or... I just, I just believed that there was a path that you wandered or you went through in life that was like, get a degree, get a job, rise in the ranks. And then, but I don't know how business owners or entrepreneurs were born. Like I, I couldn't figure that out. And I started to see that rising in the ranks and banking, I saw what the top of that was. And I was like, I'm not interested in that. And, and so something had to happen in me where I was like, wait a minute. I can start a business. I can create, go out and be on my own and create value and do it in that way. And so that was, that was what had to happen for me. So, and I, and I also really honor my journey. Like there's so much that I got out of my experience in commercial banking, frankly, when it comes to how to talk to clients, how to, how to, operate at a higher level of thinking. I learned a lot about writing and communicating myself and teaching other people in that environment. And so I, I really think, I, I can't speak to why the road went the way that it did, but I can see how I just gleaned all of these different tools and things and experiences that created the toolbox that when I finally did start my own business, I had all of this equipment that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So- mm. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny. I, I can relate to that so much. I had a you know, 10-year span of working at different places before I launched a, a company, even though I had a very vague idea for something kind of like it way back then, 10 years ago, but I just didn't really know what to do with it. And on the one hand, it's like, man, wouldn't it have been great if I had the confidence to start earlier? Who knows where I could be? On the other hand, it's like, I look at what what happened in that 10 years and the things that I learned and gained and the person I became. And I think, man, I wouldn't have been able to, it would have been impossible if I didn't have those things, you know, like I had to have those things. They were necessary to, to get here. So I, I like the way you put it. You want to honor your, your journey. So when you went to the nonprofit, you see this opportunity to get out of banking you realize this isn't where I want to be long-term. There's a, sort of a cause or a nonprofit that I believe in, I'm interested in. They've got a role here. I can fill it. And you kind of, what made you see that as a potential side door into film production? Because I think that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool way to, to see it. Because to, to not say, well, this isn't a film opportunity, which is what I really want. So I'm going to turn it down. But to say, no, no, this gets me closer and maybe I can parlay it. I think that's pretty cool. T tell me about that. Yeah. So one thing I would say is, you know, being where I was at stage in life where 10 years married, nine-year-old son, like the decision to like go off and pursue this other path, that was a challenge to make it because, you know, mortgage, all that stuff. One thing my wife told me though, she knew I was itching. She was like, like she knew I was itching to 
go forge my own path. She's like, you'll never be able to tell our son to pursue his dreams if you don't actually do it. So you've got to do it. And I was like, you're so right. And so what happened was this opportunity, um, I, I, at the time, I had been involved in some political activity in Ron Paul's 2007, 2008 campaign. And I was doing that on the side and I was building up a little bit of a of capital out there. I had been in organizing and speaking and I was starting to make some relationships. So I didn't realize I was kind of building a side gig. It was unpaid, but I was, I was building a platform out in this other space. And so when I had an opportunity to sort of leverage that platform into this other direction, all I had to think about was, is this, does this have the potential to move me closer or further away from where I'm trying to go? And I was like, I'm going to be running it. I'll have a board of directors uh, and I'm, I'm interested in the ideas. Like that was the thing I was doing in my spare time at the time. And I didn't think, oh, I want to make political videos my whole life. No, but I was like, well, I'm really interested and I have an opportunity. And here's a way that I can actually get a paycheck, l- less money, b- big sacrifice. But I just saw that it was a pathway that could set me on a course that could eventually take me there. And I think it's super important to look at the opportunities before you be clear about your alignment. Like where is it I want to go? What do I want to create in my life? And then look at opportunities and say, now is this movie further away or closer? Because that's where the opportunity to sell out is. I think we sell out when we take something and we say, ah, this is moving me further away from my dream but eh, it's a temporary, like that's where I think the selling out actually happens. At least for me, that's where I've seen it. Yeah. And I think that's really, that's really cool that to just break it down to doesn't move me closer. Even if it's only a little bit closer, it's easy to get stuck in. Well, this is slightly closer, but it's not the big thing. And like, if it's a real opportunity and it moves you a little closer, don't be afraid to take it. I think it's pretty cool. I, I also love in your, in your story that you mentioned this nonprofit opportunity arose because of stuff you were doing in your free time with your interests and politics and whatnot. And I, and I think sometimes it's easy to underestimate how if you operationalize your interests, say, okay, I'm interested in this. I'm going to do something with it. Let me get involved in some activities, do some, you know, let it, let it be known that I'm interested in this and let me bring my skill set, maybe a skill set that I can't usually use in my day job to bear in this interest it's often that that's the very type of stuff that spins up the next opportunity. So, so you get in, you're running the nonprofit and you're like, Hey, we could tell stories with film. Let me, let me turn this into one of our projects. And, and it was sort of from there, you realized you had something special. I mean, in in a way, I mean, I ended up, you know, the, the film made its money back. We didn't spend much on it and it, it built relationships and it, gave me a calling card. And and what's really interesting about this, the way that this story goes for me is that I was the executive director of this nonprofit. I was kind of my own boss. I was actually a terrible executive director of that nonprofit. (laughs) Let me just be honest, you know, and, but I was my own boss, but what ended up happening was, so, so this is 2012. Well, a company called Emergent Order production company that was putting out content that I really loved. They were up in New York City. They decided to relocate down to Austin. 
And I had made a film. I had put something out into the world. It wasn't great. It wasn't even close to the quality of what they were doing, but it gave me an opportunity to introduce myself to John Popola, who ran that company. And I ended up getting hired on there. Well, that was also really interesting because I actually went to work for somebody else for about three years. And I ended up transitioning out of that nonprofit in a, bit, in a, in a big way. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to work for somebody else. But what I, what I did was I looked at it and I said, okay, I can spend the next several years bootstrapping another project, learning the hard way, or I can go take this really paid apprenticeship yeah. at a production company that I really admire, world-class talent. And it was through that, I, I, I was like one of the first people hired when I left a few years later. There was only four of us. And then when I left, there was 24 people. I had had the chance to write, produce, direct, do all sorts of stuff. Like I just, I was able to just 10x my own ability. And by the time I left there, I was confident in my ability to produce and direct the kind of products, projects I wanted to do versus if I would have stayed in my entrepreneurial role working in this smaller way, it would have taken me so much longer to learn all that stuff. So even in the way that that journey came together, I want to highlight like, hey, I had to go out there and be a creator for that opportunity to have opened itself up for me. If I hadn't have been creating, just waiting and then like, hey, can I come work for you guys? And been like, no, because you haven't, who are you? Yeah. I had something to show. It was my signal in the marketplace, right? And then I went back to work for somebody to get equipped in a, in a more robust way for the next level, which was then to launch my company, which has been now about four years totally on my own. It's been around for about six years. So- you know, I, I would say that too, like there could be an opportunity where working for somebody else in an organization might be exactly where you're at and where you need to go and that it can actually supercharge your journey towards your dreams as well. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I often say that working in fundraising for a couple of years was the best training I had before I started a company. And I kind of went into it deliberately for that reason. Like, I'm not interested in just fundraising for its own sake, but I saw a lot of skill sets that I could build. So I was like, all right, let's take this opportunity because I think I can parlay that. If I can, if I can raise money for a nonprofit, uh, <laughs> then I'll know how to, how to get customers and investors for a company or whatever. And just being able to see that there's a, maybe an indirect route to something that you're not ready for is a, is a really key skill. I, can't, I'm, I keep seeing your story and comparing it to my story because I keep seeing parallels. I'm not trying to, <laughs> to hijack your story. Jason, where can people find out more about you and what you're working on? Yeah, just uh, check out jasonrink.com is my website and uh, find me on Facebook or uh, Facebook's where I'm at, you know, so find me. I'm friends with you, Isaac, on Facebook. So if you find Jason Rink, friends with Isaac Morehouse on Facebook, it's probably the right guy. And uh, man, I just want to salute you for what you're doing. And I want to encourage anybody who might listen to this, like just take advantage of the time and season you are in your life to get clear on what you want to create in the world and then just move forward start creating today in a way that will produce what it is that you want to 
want to make and what you want your legacy to be in the world. That's what I would encourage anybody to do. And uh, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. So. Man, we got to turn that last little bit into a, a little clip for social media sharing. That's, stuff. <laughs> That's inspiring. Go. Hey, thanks so much, Jason, for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Like what you hear? Go to crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at Isaac at crash.co. 